0: And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Shauna, do you want to tell us about? Did you see I love
1: Dick? Yes. Like what you did there, Steve. (laughs) Tell us about that pilot. I love Dick.
0: Good evening and welcome to Is It A Bicycle, Season 11, Episode 5, the original and best as ever TV and movie podcast. My name is Stephen Wrigley and I'll be your host for this evening. Deep in the bells of the Is It A Bicycle studio complex, we have a man who always tells kids that the surprise in the chocolate egg is diabetes. It's Mike, the <laughs> McDonough, McDonough. Also beside him, we have a lady who says, a recent survey of Is It A Bicycle podcasters found that one in three men are just as stupid as the other two. The showman, show show, and in the red corner, it's our cuddly killer, a man who this week asked, at feminist picnics, who makes the sandwiches? Continuity with last week, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mark, superhero, Leonard. This week we'll be discussing a movie in the shape of The Purge election year, a.k.a. Purge Harder, and some TV in the form of Joe Weeks, The Body Coach, Gamora, The Tick, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and I Love Dick, Of course, we'll have the usuals with some news and some previews and come to a bicycle near you. I
2: feel like the only story we can talk about right now is that you just said you love Dick. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us no, how long has this been a fascination no, let,
0: for you I put this in context I, I feel
2: so, like naked attraction more surely that's Just, right up your street you dick lover
0: <laughs> those last three items a uh, TV are part of Amazon's new uh, pilot season oh. there are three um, Jean-Claude Van Johnson the tick and I love dick oh. so how much dick a did you get through third this third week one. Steve about <laughs> 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 30 minutes of it <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope you did too, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so how it's going to be. <laughs> this week, we've got stories.
2: We've got lots of stories. <laughs> you know these like and share competitions? Right. No. Where um, a business who has somebody that qualified in marketing, who learned that to market a business, you like and share things to win prizes, because people love doing that. So... I was co-winner of a liked and shared post that gave me a whiskey tasting.
3: Ooh. Bit, I guess.
2: Nice. Now, I'm sure Mike, you thinking with- exactly what I thought. Whiskey tasting is a bit like giving just the tip. <laughs> but either way, I was I was excited I uh, aligned my macros today quite well so that when I went in for these zero carb, 96 calories per glass treats, there there would be no guilt. It would be guilt free. But then at the 11th hour, and I'm going to have to do some explaining for people that aren't from Ireland. There is a subculture from Ireland called the traveling community and I'll have to trust in my more learned colleagues to correct me when I become less PC. It turns out that there was a wedding of a member of the traveling community to another member of the traveling community happening in Letterkenny, which meant that the venue that the whiskey tasting was supposed to happen in delivered a message saying that the whiskey taste professional was unavailable and was sick. But to make a long story short... I said, but sure, I've been tasting whiskey for years. I don't need someone to show me how to do it. So we went and we tasted whiskey anyway.
0: Mm. I'd like to see them try and spoil our fun. Hey. Oh, so did right. you just make your way along the bottles on the second shelf? Because yeah. it? <laughs> it's whiskey, right? And then,
2: and then he reached the middle, and He said, ah, oh, Jesus, how
4: much does that cost again? <laughs> it's
2: a craze. You know it's a craze with personal trainers at the minute. Okay. Everyone wants to have a personal trainer, oh. or at least a demi personal trainer, which is, I imagine what you call it when you're in a group of three or four. <laughs> um And it's it's not dirty. This is this does not become dirty at any stage, right? <laughs> so I've had great success with my personal trainer, non-sexually. He's married and a bit of a prude, so there's nothing like that going on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, I was in the gym today, and he showed me. A variation in technique on the deadlift, right? Mm -hmm. I say variation in technique. He corrected mine, though I don't really like to admit it. I was doing it not quite right. So I went from struggling for six reps on 130 to doing eight for four sets, no bother. Nice. Oh, wow. So I think that that everyone should invest in some proper technical advice from a good personal trainer, which leads me to Mm -hmm. talk about diet. Mike. Mm Mm-hmm. What's going
4: on with your kid's diet? I don't know, man. He's, uh, what's the word? Zero carbing it at present. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't buy all these bullshit fad diets where you leave out a macro entirely. Um, I know you guys have been into that stuff and had your results or whatever, but. you find that old people are less susceptible to fads, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: I think, you, you know, I'm. From the school of thought that you just don't eat shit that comes out of a packet and you'll be grand.
0: Um, <laughs> Nothing processed. Is that what you're saying? Or exactly. No,
4: no cat food. Which- exactly. Yeah. Stay away from the cat food. Cat food's for cats. <laughs> and you know, you might, you mightn't get that super shredded look you're looking for, but you'll probably live a lot longer than putting your body through some kind of fucking
0: stroke inducing diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might need to do a bit of that myself um, I was out running around after the young lad this week playing soccer mm-hmm. um, and Jesus uh, I'm I'm okay on the fitness level side of things I thought until <laughs> I was playing soccer mistake. with
3: this
0: guy you know I swear to God I think he's juicing or something <laughs> for the benefit of our listeners his son is seven
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: so like I made an interesting discovery this week mm-hmm. and I think I think we can use it as an interesting experiment on this podcast. Not this week, it would actually be next week with the with Bare Fruit. There is a podcast out there that some of you may have listened to already called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and this is a bunch of guys, one of whom his dad wrote a porno. Two guys and a girl. Um, in the porno or in the podcast? Don't be sexist. Sorry, Shona. <laughs> and uh, they basically read excerpts from their dad's book and talk about it. <laughs> and it is apparently, by all accounts, one of the funniest podcasts around. So I thought, no way. Wouldn't, it a, wouldn't it be a hoot if mm-hmm. we all listen to a couple episodes of that before next week? And then we can decide whether it gets mm. the Is It A Bicycle two thumbs up? Non-sexually, mm. of course. <laughs> So the thumb doesn't have to go in your ass. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what you do when you when you buy two hookers. Make sure you're getting the good out of the second one.
3: <laughs> that's a direct quote from the guard. You on. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, <laughs>
3: no.
0: So, Mike, Shona, how are you? <laughs> Please say
3: anything. <laughs> you caught, you yeah.
2: caught up on something. During the week there. What have you been watching? Hmm? What have you you watched since we last spoke?
1: Well, I haven't watched a whole lot because the husband was away over the weekend and I had a very cranky baby who was screaming the house down all weekend and not sleeping. So I am underslept and at the end of my tether. So if anyone is an asshole tonight, they are getting the mean face from me the whole night. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a time... There was a glimpse of a moment on Saturday night that I had time to myself, and I chose to watch Sing Street, which I know we've reviewed before, but I missed it. Uh, and I loved it. It was so good. I had thought that Sing Street, A, is a terrible title for the film, and B, um, I had heard it was kind of like Glee meets, I don't know, Grease or something like that. And it's nowhere near that kitschy. I think no, it was way better than that. There's no
2: Glee anywhere in no, it. No, not at all. I really liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was liked the music. Good, yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you cry? No, sure, why would I cry?
4: Mark cried.
2: <laughs> I could barely drive home I was crying so much. Are you serious?
1: <laughs> no, I thought...
0: Mark Mar- cries at adverts, though.
2: So yeah. Well, so do I. It's but, like, even ones, still, Steven. there was
1: nothing in this. <laughs> no. There, I thought that, like, when the movie was done, there was a lovely caption that came up on the screen and I was like, oh, but I didn't cry. Who was the guy that plays the older brother?
2: Oh. Uh. He is quite hot, isn't he?
1: He is, which is why I ask. Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're so shallow, Sean. I don't know. I haven't seen
1: <laughs> it yet. <laughs> I can, that you, that wasn't was Jack market? O'Connell, was it?
4: No, he's not very hot.
1: Well, I, I saw his name in the credits and I don't know his face. I was trying to figure out who he was. Anyways, we don't have to listen to me not know people's names. Yeah. Now, it's like all I do. <laughs> but anyways, I like seeing Street. What were you guys Out watching? of 10?
2: What would you give it out of 10, Sean?
1: Um, Geez. Seven or an eight. I don't have to choose because this isn't an official rating. Ha! Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to call that an eight. <laughs> Go on, Shona. Use the fraction. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, don't you dare.
3: <laughs>
2: Our friendship was sorely tested with the three and three quarters episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shona, are you talking about Jack uh, Raynor?
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, who doesn't look unlike um, what's his name? O'Connell. Yeah, Jack Rainer, um Was that the older brother? What was he in? Grassland. What else? Macbeth.
1: Mm-hmm. Transformers. Nope. No. okay. I know him from anyway, somewhere. That's it.
0: Go Google him to your heart's content. All I'm right, sure I'll do that now, because
1: his eyes looked familiar to me.
0: <clears throat> Who saw The Strain? It's back. It is back. And
2: it's better than ever. No way. I'm a huge fan of The Strain. Like, I have, like, seven TV shows that start back in the fall. And every year, The Strain is the first thing I watch, if I have a choice. Like, if it's the only thing I haven't seen, then, of course, I'm going to watch it. But if I have other shows that I want to watch, I'll watch The Strain before them. Is The Strain... Season three, right? Season three of The Strain, yeah. So, New York is in real bad shape, is where this season picks up. They've managed to reclaim some, some areas like Staten Island and the Red Hook. Mm -hmm. but the rest of New York is just in chaos and anarchy. And our hero, the formerly arrogant uh, Ephraim, was that his name? No, no. (laughs) Uh, They call him F in the show. His character's name is Ephraim. It's unusual for me to use a character's name, I know. But uh, Ephraim is um, working on a cure. He's trying to figure out a cure for the worms, the white worms, that turn people into vampires with giant um, snake for tongues.
4: Is he going to get a move on, like, or is he just going to spend the whole season working on that cure?
2: I don't know. It's only one uh, episode deep, man.
4: Yeah, because like in Zoo, they had the cure by the end of season one.
2: You
4: why still did they make it that?
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, why are you still watching it then?
4: <laughs> because it Tell mutated. Us, the <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: they fixed it just in time to uh, see the new mutation. So they fixed everybody except the mu- new, mu- new mutants.
0: Oh, and uh, how many episodes in are you? Uh, on season two, I think I'm on six. Oh wow! And it's yeah. still good.
2: Of course, it's good. Did I not tell oh. you about the premiere of season about this, two of right? the A kind of a zombie thing.
4: The season two of the Zoo just took what you expect as as crap TV and took it to a whole new level, where they had one of the main characters. Uh, who is she's kind of the 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 action person she's like a, a french intelligence agent she can do stuff um so it's obviously as the as the first episode of the series things get out of hand as as they're want to do in 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 premieres so when all the shit is happening she takes it upon herself to rescue a baby and bring it to the safe place And then when all the others are going off to save the world, she says, No, I'm staying with the baby until I find his father. (laughs) And that's all she does for the rest of the fucking episode. That does seem a bit ridiculous. (laughs) Did not get the baby out of there? I mean, there's a social worker on the left. (laughs) But that's why I love the zoo. It just, you know, just when you think it can't get crapper, it does. It (laughs) digs deeper, you know? Try harder. you have to respect
2: terrible TV that digs deep <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah. um Hold and Catch Fire is back season 3 yep. yeah that's still going yeah and it's it's getting better you know um like it's quite consistent with its seasons um like so season 3 they've decided to move their growing tech company you know from Texas to California Silicon Valley where all this stuff is happening and bring their company to the next level um and they're in the market against, you know, their, their product is against people like CompuServe.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they have 100,000 users, um, but they need to try and distinguish, you know, us from them with various different ideas while at the same time pitching those ideas to investment companies. And you hear the mention of some modern big players and past players, you know, getting funding, you um, Indigo is one of them, Oracle is another one, and so on. And now they got started. Um, and you see as well, it's Oracle. interesting because you see as the company is getting bigger, the issues that were raised like back in the day, and still, like privacy and chat rooms. Um, but back in the day, they didn't know how to, to handle them, whereas nowadays they just say, you know... Uh, that in the terms of service or something similar that you know they they just look at the chat. It's kept private within the company, but they just look at it to improve your service kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and your and their business.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and you also see like newer employees as the business is getting bigger get with great ideas, but you know, because they're all coders that you know uh, as they were back in the day with no other training, that they don't really have good communication skills. So they're trying to explain these brilliant ideas that they have, thinking way outside the box, Mm -hmm. and they have no way of actually getting it across, uh, (laughs) which is just hilarious, you know? Um, Because on the other side of the desk, you have another ex coder who's the boss now, Um, who just says, yeah, yeah, I'm not quite getting much. Yeah, I I don't think we can do that, i.e., I don't know what you're talking about or how to do it myself. And so, <laughs> you know, so it's it's quite interesting in that way because it's still like uh, uh, in its infancy, let's say, the whole industry. Um, yeah, so it's great. It's great. It's great insight into it. I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'd recommend it for any, uh, you know, second generation nerd heads, you know. So.
1: <laughs> What's that called again, Steve? I'm sorry? What's that called again?
0: Uh, halt and Catch Fire.
1: Oh, right. Okay. That, that title um, yeah, always right. sounds to me like it's going to be like a Neil Young Harvest type uh, TV show or something where it's just people in the grasslands like riding horses. I would not think it's anything to do with cutting edge IT.
3: Yeah, I
0: know. Yeah. Um, I
1: hate inappropriate titles. <laughs> it's a bunk bear.
4: I was just going to say you reminded me of a story uh, with uh, geeks uh, I have a friend of mine, very clever fella. He uh, works in the computer industry, and he came back home for a visit a couple of weeks ago. So he dropped up for a cup of tea, say, how are you, how's the family, all this kind of stuff. And I set about boiling the kettle and making a cup of tea. While I was doing so, um, he noticed the young lad's uh, Rubik's Cube just left on the uh, kitchen table. And uh, I could see he was fucking around with it. And then, uh, he just left it down once I had the, the, the teammate. And then we, we had our chat. It wasn't until the next day that my young lad noticed that the Ruby, cu- Ruby's cube had been solved.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he just left it
4: there without saying a word. <laughs> like, well, nice. played, Well played. <laughs> and uh, you're talking three four minutes to boil a kettle <laughs> wow yeah, yeah yeah fuck you Mark <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, I presumed everyone could do that you know yeah yeah I, I just didn't mention it you know <laughs> anyway maybe um, not. yeah uh, oh yeah so another movie this week uh, called Junebug it's a dramedy starring Amy Adams it's from 2005 um it is about a uh, well-heeled, let's say, uh, art dealer who's uh, dragged. Well, she's sort of. She's into sort of like uh obscure artists and she finds one in carolina one of the carolinas and her new husband happens to be from the area so they go down to see this artist and then drop into his f- folks uh who he hasn't seen in three years and there's a big contrast uh, uh, between her world and their world and she learns a lesson in how important family are and they learn a lesson in worldliness and so on but it's 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 really good and it's it's uh, it's it's a fun movie actually Um, a beautiful Story, it is. Amy Adams is just brilliant in it. Brilliant Mm. in it. And I noticed that's 2005. She was twelfth on the credit lists in 2005. (laughs) How times have changed! Mm -hmm. My, how things change! Yeah, I I would give this movie like an eight. Oh Mm. wow! Like it's yeah, it's good. It's a great dramedy. Really great dramedy. Yeah, so. Uh, Marco Polo. Who saw that? Marco Polo. is that Marco Polo? No, 2014. I think we reviewed this before, but somebody <laughs> watched did. it. Yeah. Did you watch this for the first time, Mike?
4: I saw it for the first is time. It? Uh, I don't, I don't think we have reviewed this, and I can't understand why, because it's like right up our street. Historical drama. I've definitely seen it. This is the Netflix, Netflix before, uh, Marco Polo, is it? Yeah, it was on one of the web channels. It might have been Netflix or...
1: Yeah, we did review it.
4: Oh, god damn it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's we like did. the Who one
4: episode in the last five years that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, did you think? Like,
2: Feel what? free to tread old
4: ground. Again, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us. I absolutely love this. I, I can't believe I'd never seen it before. Because, like, it's, it's, it's like Mark's fantasy history where everybody is good looking and speaks English.
2: <laughs> if only, Mike. Yeah.
4: But, uh, I really enjoyed the way they filmed, uh, Kublai Khan. Yeah. Because with the, the, the camera angles that make him look four or five times larger than a normal human being. And he's just resting there on his throne being all canly and <laughs> dismissing people with just a, a twitch of his finger. Uh, Wonderful. And it, it's, uh, kind of digging into an aspect of history that we don't see an awful lot of on our part of the world. True. True, yeah. Um, And they, and they treat it well, like they're not kind of glossing over shit and whatever. They're actually, uh, it's a serious treatment of the subject. Um, so yeah, it's great. I'm gonna fucking
0: catch right up now. I think, uh, July season two started. Um, oh it did they did come back for another season okay great yeah yeah yeah. and another thing I like about it's not too capery yet either yeah yeah. Um, now I rewatched it as well um, just as a reminder uh, since you'd you'd, uh, put it on your list Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah I enjoyed it a lot more the second time around than I did the Mm -hmm. first time nice I have to say yeah yeah there you go I like this Uh uh-huh good tack Yeah, good tack indeed. Um, So let's kick off with the first of our TV, since we've got so much.
1: (laughs) Lots of TV this week. TV-tastic.
0: Shona, do you want to tell us about... Did you see I
1: Love Dick? Yes. Like what you did there, Steve. (laughs) Tell us. About... That pilot? Love dick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you just can't avoid it. I In my
2: head, when I thought about this show, I said Steve is going to he's going to blow no pun intended through the uh, the synopsis of this show himself if <laughs> he's to sign it out. Everywhere he puts it, he goes like, "Tell me about I love Dick." You know, it's an obvious joke. I can't believe he went with the risky option of giving us the only girl in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you love Dick. Tell us about it. I
0: think the only person in the room that won't laugh at the obvious joke. I think. so, um,
1: (laughs) So I love Dick. We know, we know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But talk about the TV show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay, so this is a new Amazon pilot called I Love Dick. Dick is the name of a person, a man, if you may. Um, It's about a woman and her husband who move away to this place called Marfa. Uh, He is a fellow for like a writing thing. And Kevin Bacon is his boss. That's Dick. And the fellow writer guy's wife is a woman who I remember from Parks and Rec. She's the political savvy lady. She's his wife. She's also a filmmaker. She seems a bit frustrated with her life. And when she meets Dick, she starts penning to him love letters, even though he barely knows who she is. And so we have a a pilot interspersed with excerpts from her love letters to Dick about things that she's thinking about and that is I Love Dick. Who else loved Dick?
2: I watched I Love Dick, and it featured one of the most harrowing sex scenes I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Um, So what I liked about the exposition in this show was that in the middle of it, there's an ancillary character that we meet who is the groundskeeper of the park that they're staying in. And she basically tells us right away, well, these, these are, there's these two people that hate each other, but they just don't know it yet. And I went, ah, oh, that's what the story is. Mm-hmm. And um, in case you hadn't kept up with the character acting that happened before it. So I thought it was um, a pretty chilling look at a couple beyond the twilight of the relationship where the embers have burnt down to cold, hateful ashes. <laughs> and uh, they probably shouldn't be together anymore. But for one reason or another... They're clinging to what's familiar and they're uh, just busy making each other miserable by their proximity. And then she finds Kevin Bacon, as many people have over the years, who plays who plays Dick in this and uh, heads into a flight of fantasy. So I, I thought it was it was pretty tightly written. Uh, I didn't think there was an a waste of dialogue in it. I thought the characterization was good. What's that girl's name from Parks and Rec that plays the Dick lover?
1: Something Han... Julie Han.
2: Julie Han, Dick Lover, is quite good in this. She's been in other stuff. She's been in films and stuff. Yeah. I'm nearly I'm nearly sure. Because we've seen her around a bit. Um she strikes me as one of these these comedic actors, actresses even that oh wait, is that sexist?
1: Is <laughs> well sexist.
2: I'm calling her an actress. I have you, to call you her You got a away a, with it, Mark. She, a she actor. So um Catherine Ann, isn't it? There we go. Yeah. Is she is she on the comedy circuit? Is she one yeah. of those? Oh she's hilarious, well? yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that. Um but I thought she was really good in it. Uh, so I enjoyed it guardedly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, uh, she was in Transparent and um oh, yeah. uh what do you call it? We're the millers. Oh yeah.
1: That wasn't very really yeah.
0: good. I love We're the Millers. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Of course he did.
1: <laughs> Shona, question for you. Yeah.
0: Do you think Dick is sexy?
1: He's looking well. Mm. Really? I think mm. so.
2: That
1: I was really the consensus so.
0: uh on
2: this side of the water too. Yeah. When you say this side of the water, do you just mean like the Atlantic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> in Boston. Just to cut like. you short. Just to cut you cut you short.
2: Yeah. yeah. You mean, um, um in Boston like?
0: I do, yeah, and the in the, uh, with, the, with the people that I was sharing the viewing experience with, yes, um, okay, yeah. Uh, he not, he, uh, uh, there, was, there
1: was a point, Steve, where he was walking, and you're just like, mm, "Not look so bad, Kevin Bacon, torso wise, and his hair is looking nice. His eyes are looking bright and fresh. Mm. Go, Kevin Bacon."
2: I thought he looked very withered.
0: Well, you see, actually, it has more to do with his character as well.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Was too cool for well, he's not too cool for school. He's just cool as fuck.
1: Mysterious, <laughs> mysterious, and sexy rancher. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, Steve? And actually, what I, I liked about this was that the dialogue pulled no punches. Mm-hmm. That I liked the there was a lot of uh, very uh, straight talking in this. Wow. I like that there was no beating around the bush. Said what they meant, meant what they said. That's what I liked about this. It was great. Like you said, tight dialogue. Nothing wasted. I'll watch more of this.
1: I found it interesting that, like, when I was reading the synopsis of this show before I watched a show that was put on the list called I Love Dick, Hey Shona, you have to watch this. Um, <laughs> I saw it described as being a feminist pilot. So I'm like, oh, well, this is what they want me to see it. So I was kind of interested to see if there was kind of feminism in it, but. I don't think there is, except for the fact that there are women in, in this TV show. Um, it's
0: it's I, rated F, but apart from that, I don't think it's, yeah. it's as, you know, I think who was writing that they didn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Really.
1: And maybe just being used as a marketing thing, you know, like, i.e. it's not offensive to women. Does that make it feminist? <laughs> Question for next episode. Um... I thought it was fine. I, I mostly found this episode fairly boring. I didn't so much appreciate the stylistic, uh, fashion that it was shot and cut in. Um, although I do appreciate that maybe they were trying to do something different. You know, there were some scenes where Instead of doing like a montage or like a fast forward or something to show events happening, but not in real time because it takes up too much. They did this really weird kind of like cut and lag type of video. Almost like when you're watching. Oh, shut up, Mike. (laughs) It's kind of like when you're watching YouTube and your connection goes to shite and the video gets all like, uh, 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 uh. And I was just, I was watching it being, my first thought was like, oh shit, what, like, is my connection gone bad? Uh, But no, that's how they cut it. And it happened at least twice in the pilot. It really annoyed me.
0: That's exactly what I thought, too. I thought my streaming streaming had buffered or something had gone buffering (laughs) or something. But I really liked it. And I I know you didn't like the the same kind of uh, montage cuts they did in Mm. the get-down as well. So well, I kind of was, wasn't expecting you to like this either. Well, the get but down, I, I just found, I found it, in. It's, a, it's a bit of pizzazz, you know,
1: I found in the get down. It was just because it was kitschy. The overall effects, I just didn't think gelled with what they were trying to go for. But it, it came off better than they did. in I love Dick, because in this show, like I said, I appreciate that they were trying to do something different. They wanted a different you can't stop laughing every time I say I love Dick. <laughs> just let it out.
4: You, you know he's going to put it on loop at the start of next episode, like
3: know,
0: 50 times. I know, I know. He wanted me to say it just once. Didn't come off as bad. No. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh,
1: um, so, yeah, I appreciate that they, they were do something different with the visuals, but I just didn't like the particular visual effect that they chose. Um, I also think that the effect of kind of having you know, little excerpts from her letters kind of appear on screen, and her voiceover is kind of a Kristen Stewart Twilight type of voiceover, where she's just like, Dear Dick, what does your bed look like? And it's just, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I think it was trying to be so stylistic to appeal in a pilot, but to me it came off as being more style than substance. And I wasn't a huge fan of... The story, it's like, okay, a big whoop-a-woman is either in a marriage or a relationship that's kind of dead, and she's attracted to somebody else who's mysterious and quiet and maybe hot. You know, like, yay. I think the real interesting part of the episode was the groundskeeper that you talked about, Mark, um, who seemed to have great insight into who this couple were, and she's decided that she's going to write uh, a screenplay about them. Um, and I think she might be the most interesting character, but she was certainly tertiary, maybe a third-level interest character, which is too bad, because she's the only thing I really cared about.
2: I completely thought there was going to be HLA with her, actually. Did you? Yeah. No, maybe I'm coming at this from the wrong angle. <coughs> Did but you not uh, read the title, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But, like, you know, there's lots of loving to go around, like... But uh, I don't know why, but it, there was a scene where she cuddles into her husband, she spoons her husband, mm-hmm. and starts like grabbing his boobs. So <laughs> for some reason, my head immediately went to, you know, girls grabbing boobs. So when they wound up in the cabin together, I said, they're totally going to do stuff here. They didn't. And then I decided I should watch less porn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the voiceover either because mm. it, it always reminds me of Sex in the City.
1: Mm. The, the particular God, style of the choice. voiceover reminded me of Twilight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. It didn't ruin it for me though. Um, I, I, like I say, I think I will watch more of this. Um, so it's killer for me, Jonah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a, tr- a thriller from the street. Yeah. Thriller it's, for me, probably,
2: yeah. it's probably thriller for me with morbid interest. <laughs> I kind of want to see where it goes because there was parts of that that were so tough to watch. I couldn't look away. Um, but I, I can't see it being picked up as a pilot, though. Mm. I, I think there's a market for this. Um, Mike, what did you think of it? You've been very quiet there.
4: Yeah, I, I'm i still in two minds as to what I thought of it. Because there are things, like as Shona pointed out with the, the voiceovers and whatnot, that I didn't like. But the stuff like the stop-motion argument, I really did like. I thought that captured the moment brilliantly. You know, just taking the taking out of the time and out of the sound.
1: Are you telling me you didn't check your internet connection when that happened? No, I Because
4: <laughs> it reminded me of fights I've been in you know, over the years. It was like, dogs can't hear you anymore. <laughs> 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 uh, so it was... Yeah, th- th- those aspects, it was kind of plus and minus on that. Uh, Kevin Bacon, I thought was brilliant. Kind of the understated cool dude. Um, there's, there was one scene that really stood out for me where, uh, he first meets, uh, the, the lead, lead lady. And you can see she comes over to him and he's expecting another person gushing over him or whatever. And he's rolling a cigarette and he's got the cigarette ready. And he's basically waiting for her to say something interesting. And then she fucks it up. And that's when he lights the cigarette. That's the dismissal.
1: Yeah.
4: You've just lost my interest, lady. You know? yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really nicely Interestingly,
1: filmed. though, it happened when she told him she was married.
4: Yeah, exactly. Which I think was, yeah.
1: You're right. The timing of that, that was...
4: Yeah. Um, another, another scene that really stood out for me was when um, he's gone to dinner with the same lady and her husband and he basically frustrates her so much that she has to go outside and take a deep breath and I just thought that's like
0: talking to Shona (laughs) I I love that scene because he told her a few good truths Yeah. and uh, it was probably something that no one had told her before Mm. and I think she was just shocked and just like you know, really pissed off that someone would talk to her like that. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> she wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. But I loved that scene. Mm-hmm. I liked it as well. Yeah, she yeah. really
2: needed um, a serving of home truths. That woman, like, mm-hmm. and it's really good to see someone that she's, who's she's going to go well if he's saying it, it's probably a bit true.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. it's oh, quite yeah, she easy. knew
0: was she knew was. I think mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, like
2: yeah. like you would recognise truth when it's told to you anyway. But it's when it comes from someone that you might find harder to dismiss.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, know,
2: because the husband the husband had intimated some of the same truth to her earlier in the episode mm-hmm. and she hit him with a look and he changed the story basically. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Uh, so, so it was good that she was told point blank and couldn't uh, couldn't shy away from it. Yeah.
4: Um so I mean there's all that good stuff in it, but on the other hand the whole Arty milieu that they're in I don't don't know if I could suffer watching uh, the the intellectual world that they live in, you know. I was going to say,
1: it's like a Woody Allen cocktail party or something. Yeah,
4: yeah, especially like there's a party at the pool and they're all having conversations about, I don't know. Postmodern testicular expansion, or something, and <laughs> 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 and I just I just started getting a panic attack. It's like, could you imagine being in a, yeah, <laughs> a world where that's a conversation? Um, so on that basis, I don't know if I'll actually watch any more of this. I I did think it was a solid show, and I think I do think there are people who will love it and watch it. Um, but it's probably not for me, so I'll, I'll reluctantly filler it.
1: I'm going to non-reluctantly okay. filler it. It was fine. People, like Mike said, will like it, but I won't. <laughs> I'm out.
0: Yeah. Mark?
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of thriller for me. I want to see if they can replicate the horror, the horror of that sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> By the
1: way, just for the listeners, it was not violent, it was just awkward. hmm
2: If I ever have sex like that, then I'm pretty sure my life is over. (laughs) It was horrifying. Um, It was just like, it was car crash sex. You couldn't look away because it was so terrible. And you're going, oh my God, I bet there are people around the world that do it like that. Mm -hmm. And they might not even know that that's not the only way you can do it.
1: I bet it would be really funny if, hypothetically, there was a person who one time was having sex with another person and the person was so bad that the person who's telling this fictional story began laughing out loud. And then when the person who was really bad at the sexing asked, why are you laughing? The person who was telling this fictional story had to make up a reason because she couldn't believe that somebody could be so bad at sexing.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's a fictional story, Shona. I, th- I think that actually happened. What, what, what excuse did this fictional person come up with?
1: Uh, the fictional person of the story can't remember. It might have, it might have been blaming alcohol, even though this fictional person wasn't drunk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so people could be my that only, bad.
2: Mark. <laughs> my only story, my only story like that involves um, braces, but it drew blood.
1: <laughs> oh no.
2: Yeah. Nice. You've never seen anything retreat like it did that day Ooh.
1: Mark, do you know This is not that bad But I um, I think my first kiss I had braces and I ended up getting a fat lip Because the person I was also kissing had braces mm. And um, my lip got fat And uh. maybe infected And so I had to go to the A&E department And so because I had a fat lip the nurse was like well how did you get your fat lip so I was just like I was kissing a boy <laughs> and then I went to go see the doctor and this was a teaching hospital so I had to tell a room full of like 10 people what was happening because oh, they god. all thought that I was being <laughs> abused
4: oh god <laughs> Knew the worst looks sometimes. Uh, oh, the brutal. humiliation. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. There's
1: also the time that my dad saw my first hickey in the middle of a huge family row, but I have way too many of these stories.
0: <laughs> Please, Steve, move on to the next TV. Please. <laughs> that sounds like a whole new podcast. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Next TV. The Tick. Oh, Near The, the tick. tick. Yeah, for those who don't know who The Tick is. Um, this was a shame uh, on you, and uh, yeah uh, not only a, a comic book but an iconic cartoon series uh what was the early nineties never got the recognition deserved and was yeah. only out for one season I think Was it only one season all right, I'm pretty sure I'll check while you're talking to yeah. Steve
2: but it, it never yeah, yeah, yeah. got
0: the recognition deserved yeah, so the tick is uh he's he's kind of one of these uh superheroes that uh, doesn't know his own strength um is very 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 funny uh mostly because he just does, doesn't realize he's funny and uh, is sort of what do you call it blind to everything that's around him except what he wants to do um and he has a sidekick called arthur um is it a butterfly or a moth he is
1: or is it a bike he, sorry i had to
0: yeah, I'm busy looking up when All it got right. cancelled.
2: <laughs> um, right. um, it got to season three, but they were short seasons, which I presume is why I thought it was shorter. There was 13, uh, ep- 13 episodes per season, uh, except season three, which was slightly shorter, with such ex- excellent titles as Tick Versus Science, Yeah, <laughs> closely followed by Tick Versus Education oh, and That Mustache
0: Feeling.
1: No, <laughs> seriously?
0: It's,
2: oh, such, yeah, look,
3: it's
0: it, such a great show. It's very funny, but it's very stupid funny, you know. Yeah, he's the stupidest
2: person around, but he's no idea that he's actually stupid.
1: Oh God, it sounds that's why it's
2: so funny. And then Arthur is hyper intelligent. And he's yeah. just slapping himself in the forehead all the time. <laughs> so it's it's really, really good. I think and then,
0: sorry, Steve, go on. you were you were in the middle of talking about the T V show variant. No, go on. Um, well, it's a sort of tagline for that Amazon have given us is in a world where superheroes have been real for decades. An accountant with zero powers comes to realize the city is owned by a supervillain. As he struggles to uncover his conspiracy, this conspiracy, he falls in league with a strange blue superhero. I think they Pretty have capt-
2: they've captured. <laughs> yeah, they've done two things here very well. The first is they captured the humor and some of the ridiculousness of the cartoon yeah. very, very well. Yeah. But what they've done that I think makes this a really excellent pilot is they have added uh, real life characters and drama in like what's obviously a very like amusing world, right? It's not a real world because ridiculous things happen all the time. But they've still managed to give Gravitas the storylines and I'm thinking about Arthur's character character establishment in particular but I thought they did that very well so you could actually believe these characters despite the fact that they're standing in a world where ridiculous stuff happens and I talked before I talked in other episodes about how you have to try and when you try and do slapstick but also tell a real story it's quite difficult they don't quite go as far as slapstick in this but they retain the ridiculousness of the cartoon and they weight it with with real life stories and characters that feel quite real whoa and so you enjoyed the
3: episode? <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: I was just, I was just finishing. I, I was finishing my uh, my that was it. I thought if I kept going, I'd wind up repeating myself. <laughs> that oh, blew okay. my mind, Mark. Did so, you see the Fiona? No. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. it's okay. Well, so, no, I was uh, going to ask your question, Steve. Just yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's a gr- it's a great pilot. I really hope this one gets the nod. I, I would watch every episode.
0: So yeah, the the take has uh, uh, what. Uh, Powers that are what superhuman strength and mass, so he's you know, he's always able to inflict massive damage on stuff, whether he means it or not. Right. Usually, not. Um, he's just kind of clumsy as well. It's a little bit slow in places in this pilot, but um, yeah, it's that, was, that was
2: all that was all around the character stuff, though. When it mm. slowed down, it was to try and give Arthur um, a bit of time to grow to gather a bit of depth. Um. Like I agree, it was slow. The pacing wasn't exactly spot on, but I thought the the uh, it served the story well in terms of how you got to understand Arthur and, and his kind of his deal, I suppose. That's what I thought, anyway. Charlie, totally watch more. Oh yeah, I can't wait. This is a thriller for me, one hundred percent. Okay,
0: okay, <laughs> thriller for me too. Um, Mike, Jean Claude Van Johnson. Jean Claude Van Johnson is uh
4: Jean Claude Van Damme uh basically exploring the aging process uh he's, he's, it starts off with him in retirement and he is you know trying to get through life being recognized and sometimes misrecognized and people are kind of wondering why don't you do stuff anymore um so he eventually says you know what i'm going back into the game however what we didn't know while watching Bloodsport all these years was that he had an alter ego. He wasn't just Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was also Jean-Claude Van Johnson, who was an international hitman and solver of problems, who used his uh, movie persona as a cover. And uh this is the story of him, uh, A, exploring his aging, B kicking ass, taking names, and C, trying to get the girl he loves.
3: Ah.
2: This, this pilot is aimed squarely at people who are our age. Yep. (laughs) You know, like if you loved Bloodsport and watched it the 15 times that I did, Mm. then everything in it really is kind of pointed at you. Mm. I, I don't, I don't know what the, uh, if there is appeal for people that weren't say fans of Blood Sport, if you mm-hmm. but I think if you didn't know who John Claude Van Damme was in his heyday, you might mm-hmm. struggle with this one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think. I really enjoyed it. Like
3: mm-hmm.
2: I would always have classed Jean Claude Van Damme as a second rate actor, mm-hmm. but I thought when he was actually parodying himself, he's done a lot better than he has done in serious movies before. Yeah.
1: JCVD was brilliant.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was really good in this. Did you like it, Shona?
1: Oh, I didn't see this, but there was a movie he did called JCVD, and it was a movie nice. about Jean-Claude Van Damme, but not a reality one. It was just funny, and him taking the piss out of himself, and it was oh. so good. And we see he's him, like, even the Coors his... Light commercial that he's doing on TV, like, That's it's right, taking yeah. the piss out of himself. He does it really well. It suits him. <laughs>
4: with that big-ass he really with the jazz
2: on. <laughs> That's a great bullet. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you think, Steve? Steve, were you a Bloodsport fan?
0: Uh yeah, I watched them. I wasn't a big mad fan of them, but uh mm-hmm. I I always enjoyed his movies, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Um yeah, and I love the way he's able to take the make out of himself. I really like JCVD. Um, Sean, I, I thought that was great. I've seen that a couple of times. Um what else is there in this? This is this is just great because the the comedy in it is so unexpected at times. Mm-hmm. Like, not even just from main characters, but from side characters. There's a one stage, uh, his love interest asks, uh, uh, one of their colleagues, you know, so what's your backstory? And there's a big montage flashback <laughs> of all this horror scenes and stuff with this guy. And he goes, ah, oh, we'll, 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 talk about it some other times. Not, nothing interesting. You know, that kind of thing It's just hilarious. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of good jokes in this and, uh, yeah i really liked it really liked it yeah
4: actually what i loved about that scene was that they made such such an obvious effort to kind of introduce us to okay let's find out the backstories of these minor characters (laughs) it was so foreshadowed so totally (laughs) taking the piss
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's very funny in places and uh I love that all the moves that he uses, you know, you can directly identify his past movies and where he used yeah. them before, you know. Um, 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fa- yeah. Right
2: down to the facial expression. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's a, it's a great show. I, I'm, it's great to see him just being so, you know, the half about it, you know. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> That's exactly oh, what he's doing, you, yeah. isn't it? <laughs>
4: Uh, I've only one fear for this in that they might have blown their load as such with regards Jesus to... Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's,
2: it's a perfectly apt metaphor given we're in an episode we reviewed, I love Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go on.
4: I, I don't want to be overly too messed about it, but there, there's only so many jokes you can make about his uh, his career and his age. So I'm wondering if it could carry a full series. Um. Maybe we haven't
0: thought of all the jokes yet. Well, that's (laughs) the thing. I, you know, what he reminds me of is a Frank Drebin. Mhm. Uh. Well, so does the tick, but in different ways. You know, I I think they both sort of have they. they all have similar qualities, Mm -hmm. but I think uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme more so. Um, Mm -hmm. just because he's kind of silly and misses the point a lot, and then Mm sort of has it up. Um you know, and, and gets into uh, trouble, you know, let's say. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's very funny. Oh.
4: I, I think if this is going to go forward and be a truly great series, they're going to have to move beyond the history, you know, have a little look back every now and then, but find something new for him in this character.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Move it forward.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think it's a fair point, Mike. I would, I would binge watch this though. If the, if it gets the nod for a season, mm. It's like even just seeing him doing his bloodsport and cyborg and time cop moves <laughs> while taking the piss out of them. It's like it's so much fun. <laughs>
0: I love those references to different movies that he's done as well. Like yeah. the Bruce yeah. Willis one or my one, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's brilliant. 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 Yeah. Um, it sounds the, good. I think I'm going to have to watch it. they're employing rules that were in those movies, too, <laughs> like time cop, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's gas. So it's thriller for me.
2: Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me of is The Grinder? <laughs> oh, it's, it's not a million miles away from the grinder at all, but it's just that the grinder obviously was a fictional character, whereas JCVD is a real guy. Uh, it's thriller for me as well. I hope it gets the nod.
4: Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Please make more. Okay. Um next to our TV was Joe Wicks, the body coach Shona. Why don't you what tell us? It, what it, what did you do, Shona?
1: <laughs> question. Why? Okay. Why, Shona? Why? So this is like a health and nutrition guy who I've seen a lot about. I have one of his cookbooks. Um, and then he got a TV show and he's got a huge online presence. I mean, he's got like a million subscribers on YouTube and Instagram and stuff. So I was curious to see what his TV show would like. So there's a new TV show of basically him helping people lose weight. It's... Uh, anyways, without commentating, it's a show where he helps people lose weight by helping them focus on exercise and um eating properly. so it sounds uh fairly formulaic and there we go that's Joe okay. Wicks, the body coach. who saw this?
0: <laughs> um saw so a bit of this now is is this is he more of a pop-tritionist? Mm. I don't think so.
1: By pop nutritionist, yeah. you mean someone who has a like, kind of pop theory but doesn't really know much about anything?
0: Yeah, it's sort of nutrition. I'll let Mark give a more
1: detailed us. opinion, but I will say that what drew me to the show and why I was interested in us reviewing it was because, as far as I can tell, I, I wouldn't watch a lot of reality TV shows like weight loss, nutrition shit, but what I thought was interesting was that he's the first kind of... Um, nutrition guy who talks about kind of reduced carb high fat diets. Whereas to me, this is a relatively new, uh, thing that I've learned is a normal way to eat, because most of us uh, have grown up around kind of low-fat, low-carb being the way to lose weight. And it blew my mind when I learned that actually high-fat is the way to go, and that it's healthy, and it's sugar that's the problem. Um, And he was one of the first people I heard kind of in a popularist way talking about that nutritional knowledge. So I would say he isn't, but I'm certainly not the expert. So Mark, why don't you give us your insight?
2: Yeah, so I I watched this. I spent... Uh, a while gone, I, I wonder why Shona put this on the list, but you've explained it quite eloquently there as to why. He obviously had some resonance for you and you want to see what his TV show was like. I've watched shows of this type before. Like, I immediately think of The Biggest Loser, which is kind of similar in structure. Well, no, it's not similar in structure. It's similar in theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So his... Messaging around nutrition is pretty on point, as far as I can tell. He doesn't actually disavow carbs, which is good. Um, he he gives people the options because, like, if you think about it, that most people don't really care about their weight until they turn twenty-five, and things start to slow down, and all of a sudden you can't like eat whatever you want without putting on weight. At that stage, you've spent twenty odd years eating carbs, proteins, and fats. So when you try and cut out carbs entirely, it's a real struggle. So he had, um, on days when they were training, he would have some meals that had carbs in, which um, long term, like in terms of years, is a bit more realistic, I, I think, right? But that's I'm coloring this up my view now. Anyway, in terms of content, he lashes out recipes really quickly. He cooks them in front of you really quickly. It's good. It's a lot of information that's easy to take in. My main problem is that he says, bosh, when he throws ingredients into the pan. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: That just drove me mad. (laughs) That's an issue, right? But that's part of his personality. Mm -hmm. It's part part of his personality. It's a big issue in watchability. Mm -hmm. You know, saying something stupid like that, it just drives me bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: The exercise, I thought, was fine as well. The one thing that I really liked about this show, right, is if you watch The Biggest Loser, which I used to watch quite a lot of before I understood it a bit more. In The Biggest Loser, they take giant people and make them tiny people. And they tell you lies every step of the way all along, right? (laughs) Whereas he took people that were a little bit overweight and in a time period that matched the changes in their body. He made them, you know, more closer to the shape that they wanted. He wasn't telling lies and the results that they were getting were realistic. And I think that's the kind of thing you need on TV is not this. Like, if you go to any of the biggest loser contestants, right, they make it seem like they're weighing every week and it's happening in real time. But contestants that do reveal alls after the show tell you that the least period between weigh ins is two weeks. Oh, so they're at least lying to you by a factor of two right Mm -hmm. on the biggest loser and sometimes they would wait a full month before doing the next weigh-in and it it makes it makes the results on the biggest loser seem miraculous
3: Mm -hmm. but
2: they're not they're they're just lies right whereas and i was that was exactly what i was waiting for i was saying because he's he's gonna this like the the, in the show we watched there was a cop who was slightly overweight Mm -hmm. um and she was she wanted to uh I forget what her goal was, but basically to get get better, in better shape, right? Be more comfortable with her body, which is which is fine. And I said, if she comes down now, like to a size zero or something, then th- I'm going to cry complete bollocks here. But she didn't. She lost an amount of weight that was healthy and reasonable in the time period that he told us he was working with her for. So I think he should be applauded for that, definitely, because that's setting realistic expectations. That people are watching. His information was good. You know, he's not talking to. Someone who is a high-level trainer who's been doing weights for years or doing a sport for years. He's not talking to people like that. He's talking to people who haven't done anything in ages, you know, people who haven't done any exercise since they left school or whenever and who have started to put on a bit of weight as they got older. That's the people he's talking to. And the advice he's given them from all that I know about nutrition and training is bang on. I would never watch this TV show, though. Really? <laughs> like, so I'm completely reviewing the content, not not the, not the uh, not the medium, right? I think his personality is really good. I understand why he has so many followers in the various places that he does. He's like a slightly fitter Russell Brand.
3: Oh, Jamie so. Oliver. I was going to say. I was going yeah. to say.
2: He's like if if Russell Brand had tiny tiny biceps. <laughs> Um, and he's he's quite bouncy and he seems to be like smiling from the minute he wakes up in the morning to the end of the day no, like mm. there's nobody like that in the world but he makes it seem that way through his, me- his social media presence which is what you need to do mm-hmm. so I think he does a great job with that so I enjoyed his character apart from his diction at times like the bosh and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but uh, and I think I think that the show definitely has value I think it's it's um in terms of the way they're treating the subject matter I think it's a lot better than a lot of the other stuff that's out there
3: Hmm.
2: Um, but in terms of what I watch I won't ever watch an episode of this again I, do you know what I would do though I would pick up you just mentioned you have one of his recipe books mm-hmm. I would do that Hmm. he had a lot of really quick recipes yeah and it's good because be- it's
1: divided into reduced carb and post-workout so that it doesn't kind of do breakfast lunch and dinner Um. and I find I would say that with the recipes the the timing is off like tonight I made like a chili avocado dish and there's a lot of veg in it and like the instructions are like stir fry that for two minutes but for the amount of veg you've actually had to put into the pan it needs like five to seven minutes really to stir fry properly like one to two minutes you would so there's I, I wouldn't say it's a perfect recipe book but it's great for ideas for cooking and you know if you kind of have a feel for how to change up times or, or whatever um there's there's good food and there's a lot of flavour there's some amazing turkey dishes in there that use a lot of like sesame oil and fish sauce that's delicious
2: man I would be so impressed I I have bought turkey for dinner so like a lot of times because it's so lean yeah and it's always what I eat on Friday The last thing left in the fridge. I've stockpiled turkey mince because
1: I I eat it so much now from these recipes, like coriander, fish sauce and sesame oil. I would eat until I exploded. He has made it delicious. So there's some good recipes in the book. Steve, you're also into your fitness and nutrition. So tell me what you thought about this.
0: I, honestly, I didn't see enough of this to have a real opinion on the on it. But from what I saw, um, like Mark was saying, the content it, it looked bright. He wasn't telling lies from what I saw. But I have to admit, the, the bashing thing it really got to me. I'm not sure. I, I just don't think I I could watch it. But it, you know, it it, it looks like it's uh, worth a look if that's what you're after.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you see this, Mike? I did. And.
4: I found it Mike, ex- what did you think?
1: <laughs> I know, I want to hear this. I, I
4: found this excruciating.
1: <laughs> I'm so not surprised.
4: <laughs> oh, I just wanted to punch his fucking face in. <laughs> Bosh that in your fucking nose, you fucking piece
2: of shit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something that I was thinking too, you know, when I was watching this. Generally, PTs that they put on TV... No, no, I wasn't thinking that I wanted to punch his nose in. I was thinking that I could pretty effortlessly because like a lot of PTs on TV are bigger than regular humans yeah for that very reason because they want you to aspire right yeah, if yeah. that's what you're into like um, or else they have something like the, you know intimidating physically like their fitness or their strength yeah, yeah. or their speed or whatever but he's none of that yeah he is he is point five. no he's 5% above average I think this guy mm-hmm. in terms of fitness yeah
1: he's mm-hmm. pretty skinny mm-hmm. but he's yeah. well I guess lean is his thing right mm-hmm. so Yeah, anyway, so Mike, go back to tell me about how much you want to punch his face.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it was just relentless. He never stopped shouting at the fucking camera. I was like, just
3: shut up, shut (laughs) up.
2: (laughs) This is Mike's allergy to happiness. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Apart
4: from the, you know, the ADD or whatever he suffers from, um... (laughs) The the information we he was imparting it's it's not his. This is all open source. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like he invented these diets and mm-hmm. and these recipes, whatever. You know, so he's trying to sell all this stuff on his personality. So yeah. if you don't buy the personality, it's kind of uh, I could have wickied that. You know, <laughs> A bit
0: like uh, Doreen
4: Allen, huh Yeah,
3: <laughs>
4: Doreen, Doreen Allen's much better looking. <laughs> um and and i i must say i had to kind of call it a little bit on this uh high intensity training that what he's doing is not high intensity training it's kind of medium
2: intensity training
1: well i think if it's aimed at the group that um mark or steve were talking about it could be high intensity training i mean if you're not used to exercising
2: no it, it is mike it's it is not. It's, it's high intensity interval. It is. It's he not. Says, he says a bunch of times, go as fast and hard as you can. Just because the people in this film haven't trained in years and fast and hard to them is slow looking. If No, no, no.
4: What I'm saying is if you're doing a proper Tabitha, there's no way you're doing it for 20 minutes. Absolutely. I don't care if you're fucking Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor. You're not doing Tabitha for 20 minutes.
2: But yeah, it's not exactly Tabitus though. It's 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 still intervals though.
4: It's intervals and it's a uh, medium uh, intensity, but it's certainly not high intensity. High intensity, yeah. you want to puke your guts up after two to three minutes
2: yeah but i think i think what jonah is saying and i agree with her is that high intensity varies depending on who you're talking to you know yeah it's context if yeah, you're okay. getting off
0: the couch and you've been there yeah. for 20 years you'd be puking yeah. your guts off at the top of the <laughs> stairs yeah you can't you can't expect someone <laughs> you know. who hasn't trained in 10 years to sure. be able to do
2: what you know a real hit workup might look like mm-hmm. if someone safe in the crossfit games was doing
4: it yeah you yeah. know uh, i mean i just to make my point, I guarantee you, somebody from the CrossFit Games wouldn't manage twenty minutes of, <laughs> of that kind of intensity.
2: Yeah, well, like yeah. in context for me is my my hit training la- and the last cycle I was doing was twenty minutes, and I was buckled by the end of it. I would be <laughs> right. in just pieces, like
1: yeah, balls out but, uh, training.
2: Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but they would get there though. Those guys would get there. Like you, you know, you have to cut your cloth to suit your measure at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I have to say that, like. um First of all, like in his, his, the cookbook that I have of his at the end of it, there is a section on like, he has hit training workouts to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, the exercises are okay. I haven't found them some of the most mm-hmm. intense, mm-hmm. uh, hit training intervals that mm-hmm. I've done before, but right. I think he is maybe skewing it a little bit more towards somebody who is coming to nutrition new rather than someone mm-hmm. who's maybe really into it mm-hmm. and their fitness. Um, I also found this really annoying this show. I was kind of oh, disappointed. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: god. <laughs> I uh <laughs> oh, god.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean the cookbook is good, but I'm going to stop there because th- it's exactly what you said, Mike. I mean that the style of the show is so over the top that it gets really annoying really quick. It's like Jamie Oliver on cocaine meets <laughs> Russell Brand normally on cocaine. Um the the Bosch thing. I mean, there's so much, there's so many camera shots of him taking a selfie. And it's like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> it's like, turn your camera off, Joe. Um, his interactions with people kind of seemed a little bit forced, like I'm your best friend kind of thing. And, um, you know, like I get that he seems to have a passion for his message. Um, but to me, it, it even somewhat comes across as being a little bit desperate. Like he just kind of, you when I was watching the show, I could almost hear all the marketing people for Channel Four saying, This is amazing, mate, you're gonna be huge, your cookbooks are gonna be big, this TV show is gonna be massive, you're gonna be the next guru in health and fitness. And he was just like, Yeah, yeah, I gotta get this message across. Yeah, yeah, everyone's gonna understand it. And it was just like the the T V show was a bit like jacked up on that kind of desperation for like, I'm the next thing. Um and I found it pretty hard to watch. So while, like you guys, I the, the health and nutrition I was into, but I can get that elsewhere, and I'm, I'm not going to be watching anymore the TV show. But the show did start with the Baywatch-style scene of him running across a beach with his little bouncy brown curls <laughs> flying in the wind. And I thought, that's not a bad way to open the show. Shona. Yes.
0: Speaking of Joe Wicks making money. mm. According to the Daily Female, um, fitness guru Joe Wicks reveals he turns over one million sterling a month as he prepares to conquer the US after scoring one of the biggest selling cookbooks in UK history.
1: Yeah. There it's go. massive, and his books themselves come with pages and pages dedicated to before and after shots, where you are seeing massive changes, like the ones Mark was talking about that you would think maybe lie. Now, the before and afters that he's putting in the book, there's no time frame. It's just here's somebody who followed whatever program. Um
2: for 10 years. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: there are, you know, Jesus, he, he's kind of put everything into the book and it sells itself pretty well. And even if it's preface, he talks about, you know, not weighing yourself, about eating healthy fats, um, about exercising less time. so I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking I need to get fit and then thinking they need to do like an hour and a half a day and then they burn out after a week, you know? Um So his message, I think, is resonating with people. But like, Jesus, this show is hard to watch. It's hard to get through, mm-hmm. even with those it big is. puppy dog eyes.
0: <sighs> see, see, he's, all- got, he's, he's got a combination of things there. Yeah, you know, he's got a great product in himself. He
1: does. That's the thing. Like, and you can see how easy yeah. he is to sell. But I think that's what the desperation of the show comes across. It's just like we know that this yeah. guy is like a shoe in for for money and fame. So.
0: <laughs> and, and he's not getting any younger.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it has all the tropes that are really annoying about reality TV, yeah. where each break, before the break, they say coming up next, and after the break, <sighs> they say what's just happened. Yeah, It's so unnecessary. Like It's only if you have a tiny, tiny attention span, you need that.
1: Yeah, and I was kind of hoping that this show was going to focus more on him talking about the training and nutrition. I'm kind of disappointed that they've used... Something so formulaic is taking people who are overweight, putting them on his program, and then showing an, like an aftershot. And everybody's aftershot, they had this like, the before shot was them in front of a gray backdrop, but the aftershot, everybody had this like blurry beach picture, and all of the women had the same shoes on in their picture, because obviously the picture's been taken by the same stylist, and uh, they had these weird beach accessories, even though not everybody stated wearing a bikini or going to the beach was the reason for their weight loss. Uh, one dad had a really weird reason about taking a skin-on-skin picture with his baby. Um, but, That's but, not a
2: weird reason.
1: Uh, anyways. <laughs> people, people
2: do that. You I was what? totally going to do that because uh, I decided to spare oh. my son. Oh. Um, Why don't they make a show about overweight people who have to fight
4: to the death to earn a burger?
2: you're on to something there Mike you're on something one other comment on it was and this is one of those immersion breaking things we like to talk about in this show when he said I'm going to show you your after photo are you ready and they kind of went like oh I hope it's good and I was going it's after now so you know what you fucking look like so what is this picture going to tell you that the mirror didn't this morning (laughs) you know I was just going, every time they did that, I went, he needs to sell that a different way.
1: Yeah, yeah. He needs
2: to go like, look at how far you've come or look at the progress you've made. And then go, bish, bash, bosh, you know, <laughs>
3: before
2: or oh, after. <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, I totally I, agree, Mark. He, instead, he he was told, this is the formula we're going with. Yeah. It's like the, the swan reveal.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't really work, especially when the reveal is happening already because he's talking to the person. Mm. It's actually a more up-to-date picture than the one that has already been stylized and photoshopped or <laughs> into the beach uh, backdrop, so it's, yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so some change in that fireman, though. He went from like a four to a seven, I would say.
1: He was good looking. He still had the love mm. handles, though. It was just like they just styled him better and put a fake tan on him.
2: Do you not think his face, though?
1: Yeah, it looked more chiseled.
2: He looked, his, he had a face like a football.
1: I and appreciate the a good t- jawline, and you could see it in the second picture.
4: Yeah, I yeah. just can't believe we're still talking about
0: this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> it struck a chord somewhere. Yeah. yeah.
1: Does anyone okay. else get annoyed by? I have to ask this: fitness people who wear socks really high on their leg. I find that really weird. Like Joe in this in this episode had a few scenes where he was wearing like ankle socks that came up a good like five inches above the ankle, hmm. and it just like every time I see that, I'm like, do you not own ankle socks? Mm.
2: Oh, so I always push the, my socks down. Socks should never be seen ones,
1: in public. Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: If you're wearing shorts, you the don't people, have socks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve?
0: They're the ones people wear, or some people wear pumps. It's a look. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's one I'm not a fan of. No. It's kind of a Bieber-y thing.
1: Yeah, and it's like... It looks like, like
0: Bieber is gone it's <laughs> sailing or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and if, if you're pretty, you know, like don't ruin it with a pair of white socks up like halfway up your shin.
0: Oh they were white. Oh god. Oh yeah, they were white socks that were
1: like a good 5 inches over his ankle. Like they weren't long yeah, enough to be like soccer well. socks. They were white shoes. Yeah, white oh, trainers. Geez.
0: That is the I know that look. It's I I think it's the worst. But it was like it's a slow-mo
1: mo shot of him running across a beach in like white socks and white trainers. <laughs> From Love like the it. knee down. Love
0: it. That's how you show
2: cleanliness. <laughs> mm. Fresh. Anyway, this is this Fresh is yeah, this is this is definitely filler for me, but it's it's filler not without not without merit though.
1: I'm going to give the filler exact same review yep. yet. Filler for me.
2: Yeah, filler the shit out of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, uh, we're going to talk about our movie this week, which is The Purge: Election Year, aka Purge Harder. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Who wants to tell us about it? So this is the third in the Purge franchise.
2: The Purge is a period of 12 hours in the US where people are allowed to get out all of their hidden urges by doing whatever they want because all laws are suspended. All laws and emergency services are suspended for 12 hours. In the first film, we saw a family that basically caught the attention of some purgers and had to try and survive the night. In the second film, we saw a man who was trying to get revenge. Um... On somebody during the purge, he had a change of heart and decided that he would be, you know, he'd rise above the um, what the purge was all about. He comes back in purge election year as the security attaché for a senator whose election campaign is based around ending the purging. Uh, other people in Washington don't share her views that the ending of the purge is a good thing, and this leads to an attempt on her life during purge night. She has to try to survive for her own fate as well as that of the whole United States of America.
0: Um, I, I, I'll start this just by saying that I haven't seen this, but I'm, I'm very interested to see how it all panned out because I would imagine it's being a senator, it wouldn't be the most difficult thing to get lost for a night. Unless, of course, you wanted to
2: show your constituents that you're the same as them by staying in your own home for the night. Ooh. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. stupid person.
2: <laughs> well, if you think about it, there's one thing the vote public hate is people who are up on the house on the hill. Mm. Nah, you should just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, she didn't, which made it a much better film than if she disappeared and <laughs> the bad guy's yeah. 60 minutes going, where is she? Is she over there? No. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's in, she's in Cheyenne Mountain.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, six hundred well, well, meters of concrete. Copy
0: of the interior of her house in the bunker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's to know? Who's to know?
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So this, this senator's motivation, as we see in the trailer, is that when she was a child, her family fell on the wrong side of a purge, and the person that basically took over their home mm. forced her mother to choose. One person to survive. And obviously that was her. So she was the only one left from her family. Mm-hmm. And that has turned her, for obvious reasons, turned her against the whole act of purging. Um, so it is starring the rachasaurus Rex from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> we, saw her already, we saw her already this year in a summer show, Camp Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, where she was also a rachasaurus the I, I like oh god I don't know how to come at this now but she she is the most dressed down uh, actor in Hollywood is that, should, I call her, <laughs> should I call her an actor to be non-sexist <laughs> but um, like dressed down in what manner she's a great figure but you would have no idea watching this film no. oh okay mm-hmm. and she was very close to that in Lost this is obviously a thing for her because or else she just picks characters where that's a thing for the character but mm-hmm. she is plainly not willing to get them out which is fine <laughs> that's her choice and I respect it but I'd sooner <laughs> see them than not anyway in this film um, I think she does quite well but she reminded me very much of her character in Lost <laughs> Um. <laughs> The guy. <laughs> why you laughing?
3: <laughs> just be, I'm just being honest, like. <laughs> Oh
2: God, Mike! <laughs> I'm
3: being honest. What, like? Anyway, um, picture oh the God.
2: scene. Picture the scene. I'm in, century, I'm in Century Cinemas, Letterkenny. I'm watching The Purge. It's very tense. They do action and suspense very well in this in this movie. It's a hallmark of the franchise, and they they carried it well into this third installment. It comes, it builds to a climax. And uh, with 10 minutes left to go in the film, my phone rings and it's work. And I'm on call, so I have to leave an answer. So I have to run out of the cinema. Uh, I'm I'm there with my friend Donna. She has a giant handbag. My foot goes right into the handbag. I then can't get my foot out. I'm a a pretty large gentleman, so I'm now blocking the screen for about 400 people. (laughs) And I just, and trying to get outside in time to answer the phone before I miss the call, which is a real issue if you do miss a call. So I didn't actually see the end of this film. No. (laughs) Oh, so annoying. So annoying. Um, And to make matters worse, there was no reason to call me. Um. Oh. I messaged Donna and I said, Come on out. I need to go because I have, once I get called, I have 15 minutes to get online and start looking into the problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we're about seven or eight minutes from the cinema. So it's not that big, big uh, an issue. But she didn't see the message until the film had ended, which was fine. I still had plenty of time to get to get online. But I got online. By the time I'd gotten online, the problem had resolved itself magically. Uh-huh. And I wasn't needed at all. It was very depressing. But I. Uh, I can review it up until the ending. I can't really talk about how effective the ending is, but I found the plot development a small bit predictable. Uh, I was ahead of the script for most of the film. Um, I don't know whether that's because I've seen the others and they have, they have a particular cadence or not. But that being said, I still enjoy the progression. Like all of these movies for me, at least allow me to project in two directions. One how would I keep myself say, safe from the purge if it was real, and what would I do if I was purging and it was real? And I thought that uh, it, it gave a lot on the uh, on the how would I protect myself side. There was lots of room for um, your zombie apocalypse planning that we like to do in the show. I was just going to say,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna for the purge. My plan of attack is definitely revert to zombie apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. scenarios and come to Mike's house.
0: Oh, always go to Mike's. That's the only thing you
2: need what? to
1: do.
0: <laughs> Guys, you'd be at home. I wouldn't have time to be at home. I'd be too busy purging. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah.
2: that's, that, that's, that's, that's the they, only way around this. That's <laughs> what they covered in the second film was, uh, you know, what if you had somebody you wanted to purge, you know, and, but you're a regular person. And how would you get through that? And I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was a great movie. Mm. All, they've all been good, and I think this one is good too. But the predictability takes away a little bit from it.
1: I think if I was purging, I would start trolling people who use poor grammar and punctuation on Twitter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Just put them laughs> in their head. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and kettlebell gyms. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this? There's a few things. This no, I thing. didn't see right. this.
1: This is. I. It sounds too scary. It sounds interesting, but I don't think I'd probably be able to watch it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's quite gory in spots, but yeah. it shows a lot of strong female characters Great. in corsets and suspenders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, good for them.
2: Not ideal lifting films, <clears throat> I grant you, but <clears throat> good for but them.
0: They're stro- but, the, but they're strong characters? Yeah, well, they're. they're
2: Mark, project. a woman can lift
1: in anything, it doesn't matter what she's wearing. <laughs> God, you're so until, sexist. Until,
2: until, it, until it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, who did see this, Mike?
4: I saw this Mark. And? I was shocked and appalled, Mark.
3: <clears throat>
2: Bye. Way,
4: this is this is one of the worst movies I've seen this year.
2: <laughs> what the hell is uh, wrong with you? Did <laughs> I, you not see the strong female character in the white corset and suspenders? You see, all that for me, that
4: whole sequence was just a revisitation of the Clockwork Orange, sort of over stylized, unbelievable cack.
2: Because Uh, they wore masks, what's wrong with you?
4: They had fucking Christmas tree lights on their fucking cars, like. (laughs) And they try to take angle grinders to the front of a building that's covered by sniper rifles, and aren't all immediately killed.
2: The uh, okay, there there was there was holes like in that, but people on the roof reacted the way the people with the angle grinders expected them to. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe they're smarter than us.
4: Maybe, maybe. Um. You know, you have things like the the, as you say, the Racosaurus. She's the strong leading lady, and she spends most of the movie being rescued by other people. It's just like immediately, boom!
2: You just wearing f- wearing loose fitting clothing. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> um, you know, they have uh, her bodyguard and the the ever now ever so nice hero of the neighborhood character meet each other and immediately it's like oh we can't possibly be allies but maybe later in the movie we'll come to an understanding <laughs> it's like oh, jesus <laughs>
1: i call that the indiana jones trope
3: yeah <laughs> oh really
1: <laughs> every woman he ever meets in his films yeah. he's so antagonistic towards and then yeah. inexplicably out of nowhere they're having yeah. sex <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: uh, and then, and then there's the other, like the, the, the South Park trope, you know, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna need a scientist, we need a pilot, we need an engineer, and a black guy to sacrifice himself.
3: <laughs>
4: which, which black guy sacrifices himself? <laughs> Two of them do. Oh, you didn't see the end of the movie, man!
2: Oh. <laughs> spoiler oh. alert! Are you after spoiling the end of the movie? Sorry, man. <laughs> <More> <laughs> apologize to me. Apologize to our listeners. I, Steve,
4: do, do you know in this do case in Do you know in this case I don't feel I should have to apologize to the listeners. <laughs> um, then like the first two movies I really enjoyed, like the whole ap- apocalyptic thing, and this one it was setting it up. I thought. I would enjoy it because they're trying to take a more thoughtful look at the whole situation. You know, what does it mean to have a purge? Uh, you know, who wins and who loses in a society where the purge exists? And they, uh, nobody wins nobody
2: <laughs> <laughs> or everybody, you know, they make, or they everybody. make it
4: very clear that the, you know, the people that lose are the poor people and the people that win are those who can a afford to tool themselves up or fortify themselves or be, uh, sell weapons to the poor people who are killing each other. Um, which makes perfect ah. sense.
0: So, gun, gun sellers win. Yeah. Funeral directors, they win. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is, okay.
4: this is like Christmas for those guys, you know, or Black okay. Friday or whatever the fuck you call it. Um, so it, it kind of sets itself up to be examining these issues, but it's just so what's the word so unfeeling you know every time somebody says a line about oh the plight of the poor people or whatever it's just like them saying the line there's no feeling in it there's no kind of there was a no point where i thought you know oh my god this is this is something we should think about mm-hmm. it was just yeah you're you're just trying to get Bums on seats here. You know, it's-
1: and you found that trope of women constantly being rescued really annoying, did you? It does actually. It took you out of your immersion because you were just like, women don't need to be rescued.
4: <laughs> well, like a, a, a proper woman would be able to handle a gun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a I'd woman like worth sandwich. marrying. <laughs> Go on, Steve. So it's shallow? It's intensely shallow. Um, And, you know, like earlier we were talking about uh, Zoo, where you admire them getting to the bottom of the pit and digging further because they know that they've hit that bottom. I don't think they were quite aware of just how badly they were doing this. Um, And then, you know, they've they've set it up, obviously, election year. It's American election year. They tried to set it up as sort of uh, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. You know, you've got... uh, Extremists on one side and the good guy liberals on the other side. But, um, our lead character, the senator is nothing like Hillary Clinton. Not, she has nothing in common with, with her at all except for some body parts. Um, okay. So it's watchable then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it just, it just failed for me on every single level you know, there was a couple of good action scenes, but other than that, you know, it's just depressingly bad. Sorry.
0: Sounds like uh, you loved it. Okay. (laughs) That's right, Steve. (laughs) Fucking love this movie. (laughs) Mark.
3: Last word.
2: You're looking for a Mark, Steve. Yeah. So um, if you add up the action sequences that Mike mentioned, which were really good, um the interactions between uh the security forces and the uh we call them the bad guys for, for lack of spoilers uh along with white corsets and suspenders then I'm gonna call this a six movie. Hmm. Generous. You put you put the rakasaurus in a cat suit and it's it's gonna be higher. But she seems she seems to have issues with that, so mm-hmm. I guess we're not going to see that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mike,
4: this is shocking. Right? Uh, two. Not, That's all I'm not, saying. Uh, Mike, it's not shocking. It like, is. It is. I've seen better B movies.
2: You haven't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like there's no there's no way that you would see that many yeah. that many. You would see that many Christmas tree lights on a car in a B-movie. They couldn't afford it. And that's that's only one scene. Have you have you seen Katie Sackhoff in the... Uh, the
4: Oh, what the hell was it called? Uh, no film with Katie Sackhoff in it is a B-movie. <laughs> oh, it is. And it has your man, the dragon, Don the Dragon.
2: Oh, my close personal friend.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, what was it called? That was a fucking great B-movie. B Katie Sackhoff had a shower in a bucket.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of sold in that movie you're talking about. Maybe we should review that next week. I, d- I, I think did. he might have won. <laughs> uh, did you did you not enjoy the whole uh, getting ready for the purge and the decision-making around that and the, the way it affects the little people and what they actually had to do real-time during the purge? Any of that appealed to you?
4: No, because it was done and done much better in the first two movies.
2: You didn't really see that in the first two movies. In the first movie, it was a very specific family and their yeah. neighbors. Mm-hmm. In the second one, it was the people that the security chief just mm-hmm. wandered into. Yeah. This was the general populace.
4: But the general populace wasn't the general populace. You know, you had these uh, ever so nice people that are all had each other's backs and, you know, looking out for the hood. And then you had, um, you know, people like Steve who just come into town for a party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't really get a picture of real people I thought you know the the main characters who were supposed to be the goodies were too good and the main characters who were supposed to be the baddies were too bad you know it it just struck me as not believable
2: okay that's fair enough it's just uh, not for you Mike
0: yeah sorry The Last Sentinel was the name of that movie uh, off. thank you Steve yeah crack B um, movie actually I saw uh I was reading about a movie during the week quite incredulous about. um, It's called Andron. Andron. It's just out. Yeah, Mm. it's got Alec Baldwin, Danny Glover and a host of others in it, right? Um, And this is a B movie? But uh, I don't know. (laughs) But listen, listen to the description. It's a group of people are plunged into a dark, claustrophobic maze. Bear with Mm. me. Where they must fight to survive. Wait for it. Mm. As the outside world watches
3: Oh,
0: Hmm. <laughs> 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 where did we see this one before? No, yeah. Not- oh, it came out on the 3rd of June this year.
1: Oh, wow. Mm.
0: Danny Glover, too old for this shit. Oh, uh,
1: you beat Maybe. me to it.
2: I had a joke ready to go about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. I liked um, The Purge. Mike didn't. I guess that's it. There you okay, go. okay.
0: Next up, we got some previews. Come to your bicycle near you. The first of our previews this week is the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you just see a bit this? Odd. <laughs>
2: did you see this? I
1: did not see this trailer, but also I thought it was called The Greasy the Greasy Stranger, and it, it got me thinking to the Greasy Strangers I've known in my life. <laughs> my sister went through a phase thinking that shampooing your hair was bad, and if you stopped shampooing your hair long enough, that your scalp would start to clean itself, and Ew. she just became a Greasy Stranger.
4: Ew.
1: Yeah, it's pretty yeah, gross. Yeah. I, heard, I heard that too. She's such a hippie. Oh. I How heard the same rumor that
2: your hair, Too your long. natural oils, clean your hair.
1: Yeah, wash and your then, hair, people.
0: we got the internet. You know, <laughs> yeah. And we could actually search for this and find out that those myths are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so this Greasy Strangler is one of the weirdest trailers I've seen in a while. It's about a kid who discovers his dad might have been the Greasy Strangler. And then his dad does a fart on the bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah,
0: Ronnie. Ronnie runs a disco walking tour with his son, and then a sexy woman takes the tour, and both of them are quite interested in her, and so the co- com- competition starts, and uh, the Greasy Strangler turns up. Hmm. Are you that's reading that? From so-
2: are you reading that from somewhere?
0: Um, I not right now, but I did at some stage. You memorized yeah, because
2: in the in the trailer in the trailer that's not what you see. It's not. You see, you see no. the kid going. I think my dad's a greasy strangler, and then the dad goes, "Yeah, I'm the greasy strangler," and then he goes, "I call bullshit on that." <laughs> and then a lot of weird stuff happens where people are killed in interesting ways, and sometimes they're not dying; they're just being interesting <laughs> and dis- and disgusting all at once.
0: I watched a couple of trailers actually, um, so I got a, a good broad overview of what to expect, and it does look. Mad.
1: Mad. Mark, oh. by disgusting, do you mean like is it sadistic?
0: No, it's like bod- bodily
4: function disgusting.
1: Oh,
4: yeah, it's it's gross. Okay,
3: like yeah, It's gross.
2: It's gross. Yeah, basically, in one scene, I saw my greatest period fears illustrated.
1: Oh, oh, I thought you meant by bodily function that it was like pooing or something like that. But it's oh, that is,
3: a woman's yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. Oh, probably is. oh, yeah. 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 Oh,
2: there's okay. that too like
0: there's a whole
1: like so they went the just sort of shock, dead, shock value. Farts, yeah.
2: you
0: can see his bum. like. Yeah. And there's some of the most horrible sex scenes mm. what it looks for like too. Yeah. This yeah. is so not a film for me I don't think. Oh. No. Just as in uh, Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know who's
3: going to
0: watch this. It's, it's just like
3: ooh. Uh, <laughs>
0: I know, it's, it's really odd. It's They're really on. odd. Oh. You know, if it was German, I wouldn't be surprised. Just yeah. casual. Yeah, <laughs> right. it no does
2: way. have a kind of a hint of the scheisse porn about it, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. A bit of scat man going on. That's, yeah. that's probably yeah. what they
4: show in their afternoon shows in Germany, like, you know... <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, no interest in this one anyway Steve oh Jesus
4: no, no. please please nobody put this on the list oh, no. <laughs> would it be
1: hilarious if I put this on the list <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: sure then, would <laughs> you- it would be genuinely funny yes. <laughs> and then you didn't watch it I'll be, be the kicker <laughs> uh,
3: um
0: Next one we watched was uh, Jack Goes Home. This is about a man played by Rory Culkin who returns home after his father's death and his mother's injury in a car crash. Mm. Then he discovers, via cassette tape, deep, dark family secrets and the lies within his own very identity.
2: (laughs) 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 Your synopsis was Mm. better than the trailer. Although it does seem sort of interesting and scary, Mm.
0: which is good. I think he's looking okay in this, actually. Mm. Um, and I'm interested in this. It's, uh, I guess, it's a psychological thriller.
2: Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't deprecating the trailer. I was praising your synopsis. Oh, thank you very uh, much. I'm a, I'm a little confused as to how somebody his
4: age was able to operate a cassette recorder.
2: <laughs> yeah, never, <laughs> never recognized it for said what it was. Device in his life.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, I think they showed most of the movie in this trailer.
2: It was a bit long. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Would you watch it though? Don't know. Maybe if he got a haircut or something, stop looking like a bitch. He's not going to do that. I don't think. There's, there's <laughs> some, something about having consistent haircuts throughout the duration of the film, <laughs> except for that film about the barbershop that was the heart mm-hmm. of the neighborhood. Would you watch this? It seems a bit scary. But if I was in the mood for being scared, I would. I really want to see that film that knocked Suicide Squad off the top. He's... Oh, sorry. Which yep. is a scary film itself. Mm. Breathe. Don't Breathe. Whatever it's called. We previewed it a week or two ago. Mm. but that, that came out in the US. To tr- it's, it's 86% in Rotten Tomatoes for a horror.
1: Nice. Is that that horror with the, like the person in the room with the shadows?
2: These three try and rob a guy who's blind. And when they get in there, they realize he's not all that he appears. Oh, oh. And it's so firstly, it's a horror that has 86% in Rotten Tomatoes, which mm. is unheard of. Wow. Mm. It knocks Suicide Squad off uh, number one in the US. It was heading for its fourth week at the top. Um, So it's got critical and uh, viewer Commercial. Accla- yeah. acclaim. And uh, if we're going to watch a horror, I'd like it to be that one rather than this one. Okay. Mm. Okay
0: sold hmm um Rory Culkin I think he's a bit of a history of being in horror movies is he
3: yeah is he, he, he was in, he in
0: Intruders and Gabriel and he was in Scream 4 he yeah he's brother of were Macaulay. you going to ask that question mm. yeah your man Macaulay Culkin is in At yeah. Home Alone right? Mm.
3: that's right no.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he is Jeff.
2: um wasn't he in Game of Thrones?
0: Game of (laughs) (laughs) Thrones. The last one I looked at was um, Lion, Mm. um, which should have been called Really Far Away or something. Mm -hmm. But anyway, accidentally Mm. separated from his family as a child, this young lad uh, returns to India 25 years later to find them. Mm. Very simple kind of thing. It's uh, starring Dav Patel, Mm -hmm. uh, Rooney Mara, Mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman. Shona... Mm.
1: Oh my God, there isn't a heartstring that wasn't pulled watching this trailer. I think I was in right. tears by the time it finished. Yeah. It's just like the idea that like the youngest boy in a family accidentally, um, gets on a train that he's trapped on and is taken away from his family and he has no way of finding them and they have no way of finding him. And now he's a grown man and he doesn't know who his family is killed me. It's just like being a mother has ruined me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> this looks so it sad.
2: A, there was a time you would have looked at that and just saw natural selection at work.
3: <laughs> whereas
2: now Jeez. you pre- whereas now you project your own kids into it and you just can't take it. I was the same, I had yeah. to grip my teeth to avoid crying.
1: Yeah, I'm like, my baby's lost. Get her off the train.
2: Oh dear
0: Jesus. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. So oh. sad. So and this, the music swells. It- this is like an Oscar bait for sure.
0: Oh. Yeah, this has never happened in Ireland though. <laughs> the because, train would take he, you like he, half an hour away yeah. yeah, yeah, he was on the train for two days Where in Ireland it's just like Yeah, he's nothing right, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? He's just down the road
1: That's right, and like wherever you get off the train in Ireland Like you're, yeah. you know, there's someone's Your family's cousin or someone's walking around the road they would yeah. be like, sure, didn't I see him yesterday He was down at the yeah, arcade yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when you're trying to be unco- undercover here There's always someone snitching on you to your families <laughs> You're safe <laughs>
2: I was out walking Neo yesterday, my wee dog, and uh this Jeep pulled up beside me, so I immediately went into Boys in the hood mode and said, "Right, am I going to need to get ready to defend myself here?" but it was I do that it was an too. older Sorry, Shona.
1: I do that too.
2: Yeah, but anyway, th- it was unnecessary. <laughs> the guy in the jeep the guy in the jeep was uh he was in his sixties and he just wanted to chat to me so I went over and said I was going and he goes you didn't happen to see a collie dog around here anywhere and immediately my heart broke for him because he's driving around looking for his dog Aww. so I said I haven't but I'll certainly keep an eye out for him when did, when did he go missing and I said 3 o'clock today and this was 8 o'clock at night and I went oh dude
1: you've missed your window he's lifted not, him. somebody's lifted
2: him good. Hmm. Uh, it's yeah. less likely that he was lifted more likely he was clipped by a car somewhere like hmm.
0: well collies are you know collies and sheepdogs yeah it's a good chance yeah like
2: yeah one way or the other anyway it it didn't sound good so i did like i I walked i walked around um i walked down to my office actually because i thought he'd probably not check down here maybe and had a look but there was no sign of a dog anywhere like so whoever you are van driving stranger i hope you found your dog
1: do you know, there was um, a man once who was looking for... I think his cat hadn't been home in a few days, and i had seen that he had posted on kind of the neighborhood Facebook page that he was looking for this cat. Um, unrelated to that, one was day... It, was it Mike? <laughs> yeah, it was Mike. I was now, like, Mike all all the creepy. missing cats
4: have ended up at my house. <laughs>
1: but one day, True. I'm looking out my window, and I see this man walking into the garden of my next-door neighbor. Now, I know that my next-door neighbor... Um the the husband works shift work and that he's gone all night and he had a heavily pregnant, nine month pregnant wife in the house alone. So immediately my back goes up that this man I just see him with a flashlight looking around the back garden and I was like, Jesus Christ, this man is looking for like a way in and a vulnerability and I was so close to calling the cops. And so I kind of messaged the community area about it. And then the guy replied like, oh, sorry, that was me. I'm looking for my cat. I was like, dude, I almost called the cops on you. (laughs) That's
0: so funny. (laughs) The
1: sketchy (laughs) as fuck.
4: So this movie, do you remember, Steve, we had a conversation a while back about how I wouldn't have any resistance to torture whatsoever. Just like give it up straight away. Yeah. Do you know, I think I'd take the pliers rather than watch this fucking movie.
2: Nah. No. <laughs> it is a pliers of a kind, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, hmm. uh, but I have a feeling it mightn't be a bad movie. I'm not a big fan of Dav. Sorry, Dav. But, but he was brilliant uh, in his I, room. Yeah uh, that's a matter of opinion. Mm. But my opinion uh, is he brilliant in the newsroom. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um but yeah, I have a feeling that this might be all right, you know. Might be worth a look.
1: Is it just me or do all of Dev Patel's films kind of have the same storyline of like an epic journey that a little boy starts on in India and somehow ends up mm-hmm. in North America telling a story?
0: I was laughing Life at of Pies. Because- <laughs>
1: Slumdog Millionaire, uh, oh. this film. Off the top of my head, uh-huh. those three films all share that same characteristic.
0: And he missed Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, because in this, I was just like, oh, look, the boy's become a man. Mm. It was the first time I saw him where he looks like a man.
1: Yeah, mm. that's true.
0: You know, He's growing yeah. up. Mm. I think he's just got long hair
1: yeah,
3: and a I'm beard.
0: No, he was yeah. on the train for fucking ages. <laughs> Um, so, any interested in seeing this, then, Shona?
1: I don't know. I'm kind of interested in seeing where the story goes, but like Jesus, mm. I don't know if my heartbreak could take it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you see, as as far as I'm concerned, I've seen all I need to see yeah. about the first half of the movie already.
1: Yeah, yeah. i I'm, exactly. I'm,
0: I really want to see what happens next.
1: I could almost he just finds
0: like, Mammy. Yeah, all I live I, f- after.
1: I feel like <laughs> yeah. it's really predictable okay. that way, you know.
2: Maybe he well, doesn't. Maybe, well, maybe his mother point. has died while he was away. Maybe his mom <laughs> is now a crack
3: whore that and that asks him hilarious. for money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, well. Actually, it's based on a true story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe I'll just Google it.
1: Or did it say maybe, based on true events? So.
0: Maybe she sees him at the railway station
2: where she's been looking for him all these years and runs to greet him, forgetting about the railway train.
3: <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
2: See, Mike, you're interested now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like Mike wrote that one.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, so that's it for this week. Uh, so i will leave it there. So from Mike, Mark, Shona and Steve, stay classy.